marks the 80th anniversary of the bombing of Darwin during World War II, of course. A lot is happening up there. We talk to historian Matt McLaughlin. Good morning, Matt. Good morning. What did happen 80 years ago in Darwin? Well, it's a pretty significant week because this was the time in our history when Australia felt most threatened, when the war actually came to Australia with the, the, the bombing of Darwin. So the same fleet that had attacked Pearl Harbour 10 weeks earlier sailed down to our part of the world and then launched this devastating air attack. It sunk 11 ships, killed about 250 people. But more importantly than that, it absolutely terrified Australia. We now felt that the Japanese at any moment could land on our shores. Was there any sort of warning whatsoever? Because the whole world was reeling after Pearl Harbour. There was a feeling that the Japanese could be moving into this part of the world, and they were certainly coming down through Asia and the Pacific. But the speed at which they advanced was what took everyone by surprise. So as I said, only 10 weeks after Pearl Harbour, this was a heartbeat in terms of uh, the, the timeline during the war. And so it did take people by surprise, and Darwin was quite unprepared and did not have enough air defences did not have enough sea defences, and the, the Japanese were able to attack and fly away um, virtually unscathed. Now, unlike Pearl Harbour, it wasn't a, a one-off. Uh, how many times did the Japanese attack Darwin? Well, this is quite extraordinary. We don't realise this when we look back, but northern Australia in its entirety was attacked about 70 times during, the, during 1942 and 1943. So Darwin, 25 or 30 times, uh, and then places like Broome in Western Australia were hit areas in North Queensland. So the Japanese launched a sustained offensive against these forward bases in the north of Australia. And what was the Japanese end game? Was it just to keep attacking Australia, or did they actually look at any stage of trying to invade Australia? Well, this is the bit we get confused about. It, it seemed at the time, and it, it, it seems fairly obvious when we look back, that, oh, the Japanese must have been planning to invade Australia. But we now know that wasn't the case. And in fact, we knew at the time that that wasn't the case. We had intercepted Japanese signals which conclusively demonstrated the Japanese were not planning to send in ground troops and invade Australia. What they were trying to do was prevent us from using those forward bases, particularly Darwin, as a base to counterattack against the Japanese. So they were moving particularly through Indonesia, uh, through the Dutch East Indies, into Java and Timor, uh, and they didn't want us being able to use Darwin as an airbase to launch attacks on them. So it was a fairly straightforward objective they had. They, they didn't want the Allies to use that forward airbase, and it worked quite effectively because after these attacks on Darwin, we were forced to pull our aircraft away from the coast and more inland. So the, it, did, uh, it was a pretty simple aim that the Japanese had, and it was quite successful. What put an end to the raids? Uh, well, basically, the Japanese suffered losses in New Guinea and Guadalcanal and, and other parts of the Solomon Islands uh, and basically got forced backwards. So as they were pushed out of the Dutch East Indies, as they were forced out of New Guinea, as they were forced out of the Solomon Islands, they simply didn't have those forward air bases they could use to attack us anymore. And it wasn't safe for them to send aircraft carriers down into this part of the world. So basically the war moved to other parts. As the Japanese were pushed back towards Japan, the war moved further north in the Pacific and uh, Darwin was finally safe at that point. Now, I know you've got one of your battlefield tours up in Darwin at the moment. What is happening this weekend? The first post-COVID tour, really exciting because enabling people to walk the ground is the most special thing that I do in my job. And we've got about 30 people up there who are participating in those commemorative services. So they're touring all of the World War II sites and then they're joining the people of Darwin for the commemoration. And to our listeners um, who would like to go on one of your battlefield tours, of course, they've missed the, the Darwin one. What have you got coming up, Matt? So we've got tours all through France. Gallipoli is back on for Anzac Day, up to Asia, Vietnam and Thailand. Wherever Australians have fought, we pretty much have a tour. Matt McLaughlin, thank you so much. 
Thanks for your time. Yeah, it'd be an interesting tour to go on, wouldn't it? Yeah. Laurel, Gary and Mark. Classic Hits 4KQ.